0: Welcome back to More Than Numbers, Enneagram for Business. This week, we have something a little bit different for you. I recorded a session that I did on Clubhouse, and I wanted to share it here for this week's episode on the podcast. I called this Enneagram vs. Everything Else on Clubhouse, but I'm going to talk about how I discovered the Enneagram, why it was so impactful for me, and ultimately why I decided to turn it into a business to develop and support others as they're building their businesses and growing personally. But I also talk about my experience with Myers-Briggs and DISC, and then we just break down how they're different. So enjoy this week. Thank you for joining us. Let's call this the Enneagram versus everything else. And I wanna first start off by saying and qualifying that anyone that is doing work to help in self-awareness, self-understanding, self-knowledge. I commend that work regardless of the assessment people like. I've had conversations with people that really love the disc because it was most impactful for them or they really enjoyed Myers-Briggs for the same reason. And that's really why I bit into Enneagram and why I loved it so much that I turned it into a business. So first and foremost, I do want to say that anyone that is doing the work of helping people to get out of their own way, better understand themselves, accomplish their goals, fulfill their purpose, uh, love those around them better, love themselves better, right? Grow in their faith, whatever that may look like. I want to first say and qualify that a person that is doing that kind of work, regardless of the assessment, that that is good work. And so I just want to talk about my experience with the DISC, with Myers-Briggs, with other assessments, and then how I stumbled on the Enneagram. But I used to spend some time, I was in the military, I didn't spend some time in the military, I was in the military, and I spent some time in recruiting, and in recruiting, of course, the branches are very competitive, naturally, every branch is is competitive with each other, and there are a lot of recruiters that would really make their living by talking down other branches, so... If you were a Marine recruiter, you'd talk bad about the Army. If you were Army, you'd talk bad about the Air Force. If you were Air Force, then you would send all those that failed to the Army or the Marines. But either way, we had a good time with it. But I was the kind of recruiter, and I keep this in mind even now when I am coaching with the Enneagram or talking to people about the Enneagram or different assessments. When someone would come to me when I was recruiting for the Army National Guard, they would ask, well, why the Army National Guard and not the Army? Right? Why the Army National Guard and not the Marines? Right? Why the Army National Guard and not the Air National Guard? Right? What makes you better? Or tell me about those other branches. And I just wouldn't do that. I would tell them, I will tell you all that I know about this branch. I will tell you what I love about this branch. I will tell you why I chose this branch. But if you want to know about those other branches, I'm going to defer you to one of those recruiters. So I do the same thing now. I talk about the Enneagram and the impact that it's had on me and the way that I use it to impact others, businesses, teams, individuals, even couples. But I won't down talk any other assessment. I will just explain my experience with some other assessments. And maybe some of you that are listening in as well, you can be thinking through some assessments that you've had experiences with. So what we're going to do this morning, I'm going to tell you my story and how I found the Enneagram. And then we're just going to go to Google and we're going to Type in what is Myers-Briggs, what is DISC, what is Colby Index, what is Culture Index, what is Enneagram, and just kind of dig into them together so that way we understand that. Because I do think that it's helpful, like I said, any person that is doing the work of helping people to get out of their own way, that is a noble work. That is honorable, and I do not want to uh, be demeaning or belittling anyone that is doing that. So I found the Enneagram about three years ago. I was just out of active duty military, out of my role actually in recruiting. And I spent about a year in financial services. And in financial services, it was really my first real pursuit of being an entrepreneur. And I did enjoy it. I learned a lot, but it was always somewhat of a means to an end. I joined financial services. I thought that I could make a career out of it, but I knew in the back of my mind, I wanted to go into full-time vocational ministry. If you are a follower, you're a believer, we know that everything that we do is ministry, but there's a difference uh, from vocational ministry. So I wanted to go into vocational ministry. And while I was working in financial services, I was working for a church locally in Albuquerque, part-time. And I loved it. I wanted to go into ministry full-time. I thought that that was the calling, vocational ministry full-time. And I was working in financial services to support uh, my family. And I really, just my wife and I, she was my fiance. The day that I left active duty military is the day that I proposed to her. So it was kind of a bait and switch. She thought she was getting the sergeant in the army and she got this guy that wanted to pursue ministry. But either way, she said yes. So I went into financial services to support us very early in our marriage. And in that, I was always pursuing, like I said, the calling to go into full-time ministry. So I decided, all right, I'm going to you know, go all in on this and, and just see where it goes. And I used to listen to Elevation Church from afar with Pastor Stephen Furtick. Every Tuesday morning, I would listen to their messages because the weekend I was with my church and on Tuesdays, I'd like to listen into those messages. And that's one thing my wife didn't know when— we got married is that on Tuesday morning, she'd be listening to Stephen Furtick yelling as I uh, got home from the gym and began to start my day because I'm an early riser. She would hear Stephen Furtick yelling on Tuesday mornings and the messages that he would deliver because he's very intense and I did enjoy that. But one morning I was listening to Elevation and I had the prompting to apply there. And I told my wife, I really like their urgency and their passion for seeing people reached for Christ and I'm going to uh, apply. And I have this impression Uh, if you will. Some would say, you know, God told me, but I just had an impression that I should apply there. So it was a Tuesday. I told my wife, I'm going to apply to Elevation Church. And she said, like the Elevation Church? I said, yeah. She said, have you ever been to North Carolina? And I said, no. Then she asked, well, are they hiring? And I said, I don't know, but I feel like I should apply. So I went to the website and I saw something. It was an associate campus pastor role in parentheses for future consideration. So, I figured I'm going to apply and if they come across my resume and they like what they see, they'll call me in the future. So so I applied for the associate campus pastor role on a Tuesday. On a Wednesday, the very next day, I got a call from one of their recruiters and on a Thursday I called her back because I was busy that Wednesday and the next day by Friday My wife and I were on a plane to North Carolina to have a three-day interview, what they called preview weekend at the time, with Elevation, where we're interviewing them, they're interviewing us, and we're seeing if it's a good fit. Fast forward three weeks later, we got an offer and we had two weeks to move from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Charlotte, North Carolina. So Big decisions were easy for me. It was really quite simple to make big decisions. When I joined the military, big decision, it was easy. When I got into law enforcement, big decision, it was easy. Um, Some of the specialty schools that I went to in the military, big decision, very intense schools, it was easy. So I jumped in. And what was interesting is when we got to Elevation, during the hiring process, they sent us three personality tests, if you will. One of them was the Myers Briggs, which I had been exposed to before. Um, I just didn't really quite get it. One was Strengths Finders, the Gallup Strengths Finders or Themes Finders, which tells you your top five themes or strengths, which I really enjoy and still use to this day. And then the third was the Enneagram. And there was just something different that grabbed me about the Enneagram because I had taken personality tests before. My career in order was corrections. Uh, military with Army National Guard, law enforcement. Financial services and then ministry. So, corrections, military, law enforcement, financial services, ministry, and had to take personality assessments for all of them. And even for law enforcement, I had to take a two, three hour psychological assessment evaluation that really dug deep into my personality. And it said that I had tendencies to be narcissistic. And I realized that, wow, as a, even now as a type eight, type eights are pretty narcissistic. It's just they, they love them some them, right? Chad Ocho Cinco, uh, famous wide receiver in the NFL used to say, I love me some me. That, that described type, describes type eight so well. I love me some me. But all of these tests, they showed me a snapshot of who I was or how I responded or how I reacted or how I acted, but they didn't really give me anything that was actionable, right? It was, okay, these are your tendencies, but now what? And well, what if those tendencies change? What if I can change them? Okay, this is really surprisingly accurate, but you know, I don't really like this. I don't see how it's actionable, but the Enneagram, it just stood out very differently to me when I took it and I started to read into the results. The first thing was how the types relate to each other. When I realized that all of the nine personality types were connected and they relate to each other, that started to make me think and realize that, wow, this is very actionable because I see how I relate to other types, whether that's through my paths or my wings and also just how we're all connected and we're all connected to each other in this in this very unique way i tell clients and i tell people with the enneagram yes you have your dominant number for me that's a type 8 but you also have your wings the numbers that neighbor yours so that's the seven and the nine right and then you have your paths and for a type eight that's the two and that's the type five so really out of your dominant number you're operating in and out of five different personality types and who you are is the culmination of all of those things or the convergence of all of those things on your dominant type. So as an eight, I'm influenced by the seven, by the nine, by the two, by the five. And even when I look at people that I really enjoy around me, I understand and I see why I connect with them. My wife is a nine. Some of my best friends are sevens. One of my partners in the business is is an eight. I have two coaches that are now in our company. They're both eights. Some of my best friends... And clients, type twos and type fives, I see how I relate to them. Not to say I don't relate to the other types, but you start to see where we start to draw those connections and see how we're more alike than we are different, right? When you put someone on the Enneagram and when I go into businesses and I get to work with a team, I take the Enneagram symbol and I put their... Names of each person on the team next to their symbol and show, hey, this is how you relate. So if I'm talking to a type two and a type four, I'm gonna be able to show them, hey, because of this path, you're gonna relate in these ways. And all of a sudden the light bulb turns on and says, oh my goodness, I, I I do relate to that person in that way. Or we all have been able to have conversations in this vein and that's why it made sense. And so it really starts to build those bridges to bring people together. For me personally, I, I got to developing teams later on. I first grabbed the Enneagram and started. Started to lean into developing myself now, with my background, as I mentioned, corrections, law enforcement, military, financial services all of these very intense type A kind of careers I realized that uh, I, it was really built for me. I was always very aggressive, very intense, a very dominating type of person, and I uh, I blamed the person that I was on my experiences and I started to realize that I was using those as an excuse, particularly in my marriage. When I found the Enneagram, I was about six months married and my wife and I, we'd get into necessary and... Very heated conversation sometimes as couples do, as people in relationship do. And I wouldn't even think I was angry. I would think that I was passionate or that I was excited. And my wife would tell me, why are you so angry? And I would tell her, I'm, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm passionate or, you know, this is necessary. We need to talk about it. And she would say, no, you're angry. Like I can't deal with you. I can't talk to you. Maybe you need to just check your tone. So I would check my tone and I'd come back to her to have the conversation and I thought I checked my tone and I would talk to her in a in a better tone and she'd say, yeah, you still seem angry. So then I would just get frustrated and I remember telling her a few times. In law enforcement, they call this command presence, that you, you have to have this command presence or you won't make it home. And so it's very hard for me to turn that off. That's part of who I am. And I was using that as an excuse to say – well, deal with it, right? And, and I, I tried to deliver it as best as I could, but when I look back on it, that was ultimately an excuse so that way I didn't have to grow. I didn't have to change. I could just blame who I was or how I acted on quote unquote command presence instead of owning who I was. Well, I started to realize that that was a common theme in a lot of my relationships that I would be very intense or I would sound very aggressive, very, very passionate and it would shut people down around me, so I remember having a conversation with someone on my team there at elevation, and uh, she was on staff and I was talking to her and talking about all the ways that I wanted to support her role, all of the ways that I wanted to help her, all of the ways that i I thought you know we could work together and I was very excited and passionate and energized, and she just wasn 't receiving it well, and you know my my emotional intelligence intelligence wasn't nothing. I was a police officer, so I could under I was able to understand, all right, she's not receiving this well, but I, I didn't know why. So she left the conversation and later on our supervisor came to me. We were having a one-on-one. He said, Hey, how do you think that conversation went? And I said, Well, it felt really weird. Clearly she didn't receive it well and I thought I was helping and trying to support, but you know, it just wasn't received very well. And he said, Yeah, she came to me in tears after that conversation. She was crushed uh she felt like you were beating her down or making her feel inadequate and you know all I was asking was you know what what's your vision how are you wanting to share how are you wanting to grow your department this is how I can support right just my natural eight thing but what I didn't know at the time or I didn't fully understand was that she was a type 9 and having seen this pattern at home where I thought I was being passionate and caring and kind and my wife not receiving it well My wife is also a type nine. And then seeing this pattern at work, I started to realize, wow, there's really something to this. I need to dig into this. So I started digging into it. I read The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron. That was very, very enlightening. Started listening to podcasts, reading more books, and really understanding, wow, this is changing my life. This has changed my marriage. My wife and I will still have necessary conversations, but she knows now how to relate to me as a type eight. I know how to better relate to her as a type nine. We were able to put this in action very, very quickly to understand You know how we operate and really put some framework to that. I understand that people have a certain level of emotional intelligence of understanding of their personality, but the Enneagram helps to give a framework to properly categorize strengths, weaknesses, tensions, growth opportunities, uh, all of those things in our personality. So then we know my wife is a nine, but she has an eight wing. So we see how we relate. I'm an eight with a seven wing, but I also can take on that nine wing and we can really connect. So you know, With that, we are able to build a lot of bridges to understanding. Yes, of course, we we have our conflict, we have our tensions, but it's very quickly resolved. Even the members on my team now, we have a team of six at my company, True Strategy. And we're able to very quickly move through and get to results and get to action through conflict and tension because we just understand. And that's what I want to share with other people's teams and their businesses. So that's why the Enneagram just was so impactful for me. And I decided to turn it into a business. Now, One major thing, and I think this is because they happened so close to each other, I want to talk about the DISC. I was being mentored, and I really appreciated this mentorship by an executive pastor at my church in Albuquerque. And he would meet with me every couple of weeks on a Thursday morning. We'd go to Einstein's and have some coffee, and we would just talk. And he was just taking me under his wing and mentoring me, and he had me take the DISC assessment. And I took the DISC, and at the time, this was before I found the Enneagram and really understood the person that I was, I was a very high D, which is dominant driver, for those of you that don't understand the DISC. And then my second highest was I, which stands for influence. And then my S and my C, right, DISC, D-I-S-C, steadiness and compliance were much lower. I So I was very dominant and I leaned a bit into influence or relationships. And, you know, if you look at the Enneagram, you'd understand, all right, well, that makes sense. But my D was very, very, very high. So that means that I would drive people. I'd be very aggressive and intense, and I would just expect people to to be the same. And that's very much so how I led before the Enneagram. I thought, if you're not willing to run through a wall with me, then you just don't fit my team, right? And I understood that people that I had on my team, they would have been great assets if I would have just understood them and known that my way is not the only way, right? My way is not the only way of seeing things and doing things and reacting to things, I would have been able to get so much more out of some of those people that maybe felt like, well, if I can't do it like Keanu, then I just can't do it. So when I took the DISC assessment before I moved to Elevation in Charlotte, like I said, I was very high D, moderate I, and then very low S and C. So dominant driver, influential, and then my compliance and steadiness were very low, which if I'm honest, they're probably still very low. Um, I like to make make big decisions, be the visionary, be the the leader, and then build a team around me that can uh, take action on all of those things. Then I took the disc about six months after I found the Enneagram. One of my mentors and very good friends, he's on the leadership team with the John Maxwell team. He coaches, he runs a couple of businesses, and he uses the disc. He and I were leading and developing leaders at Elevation Church. That was part of my role, developing leaders to lead volunteer teams. These were volunteers, and he wanted to walk me through the disc. So I took it, and he walked me through it, and now I scored highest as an I and then a moderate D, and then still low S and C. So now my influence was much higher than my dominant driver, my D. And I started to see and realize that that is one huge difference between the Enneagram and the DISC, is that the Enneagram speaks to who you are and how you're wired internally. It doesn't change. Our belief with the Enneagram is this is how we were created. And as a man of faith, my Bible says that God was so intentional that he numbered each of our hairs, not counted them, right? Each hair is numbered, not counted. That's how intentional he was in our creation. So in the same way, I believe that he was that intentional in the creation of our personality. Very, very intentional. He didn't just leave it to chance that you're just going to become who you're going to be become. Now, we, we do add certain things to that because of our experience. We get into very unhealthy places, what have you. And the Enneagram helps us to get back to the core of who God created us to be and what we look like at our very, very best. And so I realized that as a type eight, I've always been a type eight at my core, my dominant personality type is represented on the enneagram as a type A challenger, but on the disc, it changed. I was high d and high and and moderate i, low s and c, but then when I started leaning into understanding myself, I was higher i moderate d right It changed, and so I wanted to lean into. Starting a business with an assessment that if we can find your dominant type, then we can really show you how to grow, not based on, well, who you've become, but who you've always been and really awakening and getting back to that person that God ultimately had created you to be. So that's why when I started my business, I started it with the Enneagram. It was most impactful to me and I wanted to share that impact with others. And my mentor, the same one that walked me through the DISC assessment, said, why don't you use the DISC? It's already extremely popular. It's already very well known in the business space. So you'd be able to implement it and get up and running very quickly. But I didn't one, I didn't want that path again being the challenger. I wanted the challenge of being able to lead the way and bringing the Enneagram into the business and entrepreneurial space. And two, the DISC just hadn't impacted me like the Enneagram did. The Enneagram is so portable because of the nine types, the nine different names, right? They give you identity in, in a positive way, right? My wife is a peacemaker. She knows and understands that and is able to embody that and really put it into action very quickly, Right, she can't say, "Yeah, I'm a you know a high high S moderate C D I on the disc. Right, no, I'm a peacemaker. Right, it gives a name, it gives identity to who you are. If I meet people and I talk to them and I say, "Yeah, I'm a challenger," they're like, "Oh, that makes sense." Right, or one of my very good friends, he's an investigator, the type five. Oh, that makes sense. He's always asking questions. It's an identity in it that just makes it very portable. Um, even Myers Briggs. I think that was why i didn't bite into it i have some friends that the myers-briggs was kind of their enneagram it was the first assessment that really made them stop and think and understand themselves but even then as an enfj i'm an enfj right i'm an enfj okay well what does that mean well now i have to explain what e means what n means what f means what j means and then also their opposites to let a person know really who i am whereas if i say i'm a type 8 i'm a challenger I can very quickly explain what that means. I enjoy conflict and and I'm intentional in my actions. I'm very aggressive. I'm very assertive. But at the very root of that, I am trying to serve people and help people and love people. When I'm at my best, I want to serve. I want to give. I want to use my strengths to better serve others. When I'm at my worst, I want to isolate. I want to um, gain knowledge to go on the offensive and protect myself. So when I'm isolating, I know that I'm unhealthy. When I'm giving, I know I'm healthy. And when I give, it takes me to health. And when I isolate, it takes me to unhealth. Great. Well, I know how to very quickly apply that. So that was kind of my experience there. Let's go to Google. Like I said, what is Myers-Briggs? Let's see. Let's just go to the people also ask simple questions. What is the Myers-Briggs test used for? Let's see what Google says. The Myers-Briggs type indicator instrument is a questionnaire designed to make psychological types understandable and useful in our everyday lives MBTI results identify valuable differences between people, differences that can be the source of misunderstanding and miscommunication. That's great. Again, it's it's saying how can you relate this to people? How can you better understand people? Um, but it just doesn't as directly show you uh, where where how you're connected to other people like the Enneagram. But that's helpful. Let's see, what is the DISC system? DISC is a self-assessment that measures how an individual prefers to interact with others. DISC creates a common language and a self-awareness to better understand ourselves and others. The DISC model divides people into four main behavioral styles. Individuals are identified as either people-oriented or task-oriented. See, that makes sense. DISC is very simple to apply. You're either high D, high I, high S, or high C, right? And, and then you can really quickly apply that. I've actually been in some conversations with uh, some businesses that say, hey, which one should we, should we use? And The two common ones that always rise to the top are DISC and Enneagram. And what I found is if you ran a business, you own a business and you said, I need two assessments and these are the two assessments I'm going to do for the rest of my life. That's it. I would tell you DISC and Enneagram. Why? Because the DISC leans so heavy on what a person does and the Enneagram leans so heavy on why a person does it. Now, the DISC still talks about why. The Enneagram still talks about what, but they're so heavy in those lanes that they're very complementary. And I have worked in businesses where we've we've taken them both in. We start with the Enneagram. Let's understand why, right? Start with why. We all knew that even before Simon Sinek made it popular, but we know that. And then let's get to the what, which then the disc really adds a lot to that. So if I know, okay, I'm a type 8, I'm a high ID, then I'm a little bit different than my partner who's a type 8. He's high DI, right? We're still a little bit different. It still adds some understanding to that. And then let's just go for fun. Let's type, what is the Enneagram? Uh, The Enneagram is a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. The Enneagram describes nine personality types and maps each of these types on a nine-pointed diagram, which helps to illustrate how the types relate to one another. So even just hearing some differences there, right? What is DISC? The DISC is a self-assessment that measures how an individual prefers to interact with others, creates a common language and self-awareness to better understand ourselves and others. What is Myers-Briggs? Type indicator instrument is a questionnaire designed to make psychological types understandable and useful in our everyday lives. What is Enneagram? System of personality typing that describes patterns in how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. So you hear the difference even just there in a basic Google search, patterns. That was what set this really apart for me were the patterns. I would go into relationships because type eights fear betrayal. They fear being weak. They fear being harmed in that way. Because of things that happened in my childhood, I'd go into relationships expecting every relationship was eventually going to end or hurt me. So I had this self-defeating and destructive pattern That ruined relationships and also hurt me. I would go into every relationship almost waiting for the shoe to drop. I'd go into businesses and and teams and really jobs, not businesses, but jobs that I had waiting for it to end. And then we create the very thing we fear the most. I tell this to every person I get a moment with with the Enneagram. We create the very thing we fear the most. So where your energy goes, where your focus goes, your energy follows right where your attention goes your energy follows so if your attention is on the fact that this relationship's eventually going to end then guess what the relationship's eventually going to end and i had that self-defeating pattern so often in my life and if i'm honest it still exists i still go into some relationships and thank god i've been able to build relationships with some amazing people over the last year and a half building my business people that i'm like wow these are like celebrities these are you know very very influential and successful and wealthy people, uh, man, the imposter syndrome starts to sneak up, right? That pattern, and I use the Enneagram and understanding, hey, that's a tension in me. I, I can understand that tension. It's not about solving problems. It's about identifying the patterns, remapping the patterns, and then understanding where that pattern is going to continue to exist or where that pattern is going to try and surface again. So each of the nine types in the Enneagram, it shows us our dominant struggle as well. No other personality assessment tells us so clearly, hey, you are gonna struggle with excess and the fear of betrayal, right? Here are the things that you're moving towards and moving away from very clearly. So understand how you're fearing betrayal, understand how you're moving towards excess and you can learn how to manage those. And then as soon as you learn how to manage them, you're gonna see they're gonna surface in different places in your business relationships, in your marriage, in your friendships. And then you can lean into really remapping those and understanding them, not not fixing them. You're not broken, right? You're flawed and that's how God created you. That's a part of you, but it also serves to point us back to him. If we were perfect and if we could make ourselves perfect, then what? We'd have no use for God. And that's not how he created us. He created us to be in relationship with him through Jesus. So it shows us, God, I still need you. And these are the exact ways, just like Paul with the thorn in his side. With the thorn in his side, God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, right? My grace, not your works, not your understanding, not your work with the Enneagram, no, my grace. So it shows us how we can better lean into that. And then the other part of that, interpret the world and manage their emotions. The Enneagram shows how people interpret the world and manage their emotions 110%. Every person that I work with, every person that you know, every person that is around you is managing their emotions differently. And they're interpreting the world differently. I like to do an exercise when I'm teaching people in a classroom where I'll take someone's glasses and I'll ask someone else to put them on. And I'll ask them. Hey, how are you seeing through those? And more often than not, they're gonna say it's blurry, I can't see. Well, well, yeah, but they work for that person. Why don't they work for you? Well, because they're not mine, exactly, right? That is not your prescription. Your prescription is different. You're not gonna be able to take their glasses and just see clearly, but we can understand that, but that works for that person, right? These glasses work for that person. Just because they didn't work for me doesn't mean they don't work for them. I can understand their point of view their perspective, and they can understand mine. And then we can get to actually accomplishing the goals that we must accomplish to make our, our businesses successful. And I am so passionate about businesses and entrepreneurs because they are truly the change agents, the change makers. And I believe that an entrepreneur is the greatest representation of Christ, the greatest representation of our father. They think it. They speak it. They create it. They bring it to life. It impacts people. It brings other people into purpose. It brings other people into opportunity. So that's why I'm so passionate about building businesses. And what I don't want is what happens for every single person, every single person that leads a business, conflict in the personality, conflict in their team, tension, personality conflict. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. We're not going to be able to remove that entirely, right? And to be honest, you wouldn't want that if you're not. Having tension, you're not growing, right? If you're not putting some weight underneath you, you're not growing. I love to work out. If you don't up the weight every now and again, you're not going to be growing. So we want that tension. We want that conflict. But what we want is a way to better navigate it to ultimately get to our results. And that's why we say at True Strategy, accelerate relationships, accelerate results. Use the Enneagram to accelerate the relationships around you to gain understanding and perspective Then you can get to accelerating the results. So when you have personality conflict, you can very quickly get to understanding what are you really looking for? What are you really getting at? What are you really seeing here? Right? Okay, great. Now I understand what you're seeing and what you're interpreting. Let me tell you what I'm seeing, what I'm interpreting. Oh, we're saying the same thing just in two different ways. Great. Let's put that together. Let's get to the goals of accelerating our results whether that's increasing our sales right or expanding our reach or starting another location or hiring more team members whatever your result is right bringing in more clients it starts with the people around you so that is why the enneagram was much more impactful to me that was why i decided to use uh, the enneagram and why i'm so passionate uh, about it so Like I said from the beginning, I'm not going to bash any other assessments. I know that there are other assessments that have been helpful for people. Um, I'm just telling you about why the Enneagram was helpful for me. For those of you that aren't on Clubhouse yet, I have some invites. I have seven invites to Clubhouse. So if you want to get into Clubhouse and you need an invite, you know what, email me info at truestrategy.info. I'll send you an invite, all right? We'll make sure you get that invite so you can go follow us on Clubhouse. It is Keanu Trujillo at Enneagram underscore coach. I got into Clubhouse very early. I'll be honest. I jumped in there and I snagged up this name Enneagram underscore coach because I knew that that would be a great name and thankfully have been able to build quite a following on Clubhouse, about 172 followers. Uh, And uh, we have a room there in Clubhouse called Enneagram for Business that you can join. So If you need an invite to Clubhouse, let me know, info at truestrategy.info. I only have seven, but I want to share them with you. Thank you, More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business audience for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week.